So, say you've got in, you've gotten into your school of choice, and um, you find out that you get orphaned. Ah. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Compassion Fatigue. I'm Emily. I'm Elise. So today, um, we thought we would do something a little different than what we have been. Um, usually we recount the news, talk about like Asian American uh, relevant news, but um, we thought today we would talk about um, grad school. So questions that we found um, were commonly asked in a, you know, grad school forum about how do you get into grad school and once you're in grad school, um, you know, how do you survive? Right. And I think this is appropriate because now we're entering interview season. Mm -hmm. um, January, February is the interview season for grad schools and usually like by the end of February, March, people kind of know where they'll be going on their next academic journey. Yeah. So let's just go ahead and get started. So okay. for, for me, one of the big things that jumped out on this forum is um, GRE scores. So how much do they matter? Are my scores good enough? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if you feel the same way at least, but I think that, um, they're just one piece of information amongst other in pieces of information. If you right. really think about what the GRE is, it's an academic achievement test, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and it, um, in somewhat in like a roundabout way kind of measures, your resilience in doing things that um, relate to school. So yes. it's not like the most important thing, I would say, because it's, again, just one piece of information. If you have other great experiences, research or clinical, blah, 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 those will be taken into account as, as well, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think like, I feel like most programs have like a bare, like the, like the minimum of what they're looking for in a grade, mm -hmm. but that at the end of the day, if you meet that baseline, they're not going to pay any more attention to that number. It's, it's just kind of seeing, are you, are you capable? Like, yeah, like you said, are you resilient enough to kind of handle that rigor almost? Yeah. I, I think people are sort of moving more away from the standardized tests right. these days. So I don't think that's super necessary. But, um, again, I don't know. It wasn't required for our program. Right. It wasn't for mine either. So I don't know. Yeah. But I guess, um, if you're super concerned about it and you don't have time to like retake it or effort, whatever it may be, um, focus on like the statement of purpose and right. stuff like that more so. Yeah. Or your cover letter you want. I mean, that's kind mm -hmm. of what they're going to remember and you want to stand out but not be a like a weird <laughs> right stand out but not inappropriately right like you right. want to have an interesting unique story but you don't want to like overshare <laughs> like yeah but yeah so yeah just a number move on mm -hmm. yep yep so um, then our second question oh sorry Did you no, go that? ahead go ahead Okay, so the second question both me and Elise found um, independently was how do we know that we're a good fit for a program? What, what you know, how, how do we know what makes us a good fit? Right. And I think that takes 
a little bit of detective work on the like on yourself as an individual mm-hmm. plus an un like a come to Jesus moment of understanding who you are and not who you mm-hmm. want to be but who you are mm-hmm. right you need you have to understand how you work what kind of situations you work well in what kind of environments you work well in um, what kind of people you work well with mm-hmm. um, what kind of you know yeah just like what do you need you need to know yourself to be able to really properly ascertain whether it's a good fit or not so I would say that right. would be one thing Mm-hmm. And another thing to consider as you're kind of reading through like the website materials or you're talking to people that are um, currently at the institution that you want to work with, that like a PhD program is a long time. Like <laughs> it could potentially be a long time. Um, so you want to think about like where where and ha- where do I want to spend my life for this like five to number of years. Um, and what kind of people do I want to be surrounded by? What kind of work do I really want to be doing? Right. Yeah. And, and then, then a good way to kind of really get a sense of that is talking to the current students, um, Mm -hmm. and really asking them like, you know, what happened? Like, has anyone had like a life incident happen? Mm -hmm. Like, has anyone gotten married or pregnant or had someone pass or had a, medical emergency or illness in the family or self like were those situ- how were those situations taken care of mm-hmm. um because i think that speaks to not only the program but the department and the college's kind of response and kind of how they're handling on um, the fact that yeah because it is a long time life will happen mm-hmm. like how understanding and how supportive is this system that you're in going to be of you as a person yeah that's yeah and that's huge and I don't think that's talked about enough um I think we are you and I are really lucky because our department like really they're chums with each other (laughs) like they really get along and it's it's you know we do serious work but it's also like kind of a laugh fest sometimes (laughs) and I think that's like a great environment and that's something that like I knew that was uh, being in a really supportive community was something that was important to me when I was applying and so on interview day, you can really tell, like, if the students like each other, if the faculty likes each other, you know, that's kind of color your experience a right. lot, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah, those are definitely things you want to look out for within the community. I think with the, like, your advisor, if you're trying to figure out, is this a good fit? It's try and think about, like, working with this person for a long time. And, like, if you're to create a relationship, like, could you, do, would you find this person a good friend? right Mm -hmm. like someone you could work alongside with for a while Mm -hmm. um and again like also trying to get a sense of like what is their work style like what are their like do or you know like do they expect certain things or are they very detail oriented and they want you to be the same are they flexible right like Mm -hmm. yeah no i totally agree like if, if on interview day you are like totally intimidated by the person that you're trying to work with like that's that's a sign that's something that could change but something also to keep in mind right. or like if that you know if it just doesn't click or something then that's something to right to not discount right away you know you could be at like the best most pre- prestigious institution ever right but if you don't click with your advisor then like you're gonna n- not have a great time <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like straight up yeah 
Yeah. And, you know, of course, like research interest is going to be something you want to be focused on. Like, and I wouldn't say you want to be perfectly aligned because that actually makes for a boring, Mm -hmm. boring team. If you Uh and your advisor want to do exactly the same thing, Mm -hmm. but rather like if you overlap just enough, right. Mm -hmm. And the way my advisor has um, told, talked to me about doing research and mentoring me, he was always like, it's something for me and something for you. Right. right. And we meet in the mm-hmm. middle over one thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's like we add on a little bit and then we kind of see where it goes. And I think that's a great approach because not only does that expand my interest and my uh, focus of research, but it also expands my advisors. Right. He's um, getting a chance to look at things that he would never have by himself because of what mm-hmm. I think or what I want to do. Um. So, yeah, like you're looking for someone that shares a general interest, but not exactly mm-hmm. right and one easy way is to just look at the, their cvs right. and um look at their recent papers maybe read a couple and see like oh it seems like you know they did research on x but y could be relevant let me see what they think about this right you know and then kind of go from there right yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's hard but i think at the end of the day it's kind of a gut feeling almost. Maybe that's too woo-woo. But, like, I think you know in your gut when you first meet people, like, whether or not you're going to be friends or, like, yeah. if it's going to be a good fit or not. And I think just looking at the data in front of you, so, like, your advisor's papers, the whatever, the um, current student's papers and stuff, and that your gut feeling is, is the way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be a little work on your end, but I think it's worth it to do that work. And to figure it out. So, yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, say you've got in, you've gotten into your school of choice, and um, you find out that you get orphaned. Ah. Now, what what does it mean to be orphaned as a grad student? (laughs) So, being orphaned means that you come into the institution, um, you know, expecting to work with a certain person, but, oh, that person is suddenly decided to move to a different university or suddenly decided to leave the field or you know something dramatic has happened where you know you can't work with that person anymore what do you do right and i will say before we get into actual orphanage like Mm -hmm. being orphaned there are um there are certain people who for whatever reason they um decide to leave the university that they're currently at for another university or to move institutions, etc. that there are cases where they take their current students with them, mm-hmm. right? So that is something that they can do. So they can um, negotiate that with the new institution, mm-hmm. um, you know, and again, it has to be something that the student wants to do and was willing to do because they'll probably be having to move and uproot their life a little bit. But that is something that can happen if the professor is willing and conscious of that, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen all the time. And there, are, and those times are when you're orphaned, when you're just told your advisor is leaving and now you have no one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, what happens? Like, there's a couple of things that can happen. Mm-hmm. So you could be swept up by another professor who decides that, like, oh, your research interests are just aligned enough that this could work. Um, and then that person just kind of takes you under 
under their wing and you just continue on best you can yeah which is i think what happens the most um and yeah that's happened a few times within our department so not just like my my program or your program but just across mm-hmm. our department where we've had um professors retire or get certain opportunities and have to leave the institution um mm-hmm. and move and students have been quote unquote orphaned mm-hmm. um I feel like as a department, there's a departmental policy that no student is left alone, that Mm -hmm. they are guaranteed, if you're accepted into one of our programs, you are guaranteed some advisor, right? Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. one of the advisors in your program will take you in. Like, that's just guaranteed for you. Um, Yeah. The issue becomes, like, when it's a very specific research or, like, interest, it becomes, like, a hard thing to try and figure out how to fit Mm -hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like every, like, I feel like everyone who's been orphaned at so far have, has found a place to finish out their work so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes what happens too, which, um, I've seen in recent years is the person that was originally your advisor will still stay on your dissertation committee. Mm-hmm. If, if you're in one of those cases where you really want to pursue this line of research and your new advisor, like doesn't really know (laughs) um they'll still keep that faculty member on your committee they just won't you just won't see them all the time right yeah but that's one way to kind of stay connected without having to make a big life change or or, you know moving or switching to a different research topic completely Right. right yeah so there are ways around it like i feel like the other extreme response is for the student to just leave themselves yeah I don't think I've seen that happen, personally. No, I know it it has happened, but I I don't know anybody who has actually gone that far. Right. And like like I said, like I feel like our department is really focused on trying to help the students get what they can out of their out of the programs, Mm -hmm. um, and to graduate with a degree if they put in the work. Like, so it's not the end of the world. Sucks, but yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah. So then our last question that we wanted to discuss is about funding opportunities or opportunities for side work. So grad students are notoriously poor. Um, (laughs) So a lot of people in the forum were saying like, um, how do I get other funding opportunities? Is it smart to try to pursue other work while I'm doing a full-time PhD? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? So... I think one is, again, it's going to kind of depend on your department, your program, your university. So our department that we came into is very focused on providing funding opportunities within our department and program for Mm -hmm. each student we take on. Um, That's just kind of their own policies and like standards that they hold for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So there have been like years when we like as a as a whole, like every program has taken fewer students just because there wasn't funding available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just something that um, it's going to depend a little bit on the place you're going to. Now, beyond that, I feel like even if your department isn't giving you that opportunity, usually there's a lot of opportunities available within the university at large. 
Mm -hmm. um, now they might be more competitive and that might be a little bit harder to figure out because you probably have to be in a different area. You're going to have to mm -hmm. be doing different work. It's going to be time off from your actual other stuff. But yeah. I feel like the universities tend to um, try and provide a lot of opportunities within, the, within themselves. Mm -hmm. And something that a lot of people don't seem to realize, but the biggest part of taking on like a graduate assistantships, graduate research assistantship at a university is the tuition waiver. Mm -hmm. So yes, we don't get paid a lot for doing the work we do, like actual physical money, but the bulk of it is your tuition because it's being paid off. Right. And that's something because it's not something tangible you're seeing. A lot of people seem to be like, oh, I'm getting paid pennies. It's like, right. yes and no, you didn't have to pay yeah. tuition. Right, especially if you're from out of state like me, like it's a huge deal that you're not paying tuition. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that like once you get to a certain point in your research and like you can't, so I guess my opinion is you're there to learn mm -hmm. and you're there to do research if you're in a doc program for the most part. Um, so you should focus on that, but I also understand if you have like other life things like right. you have to do stuff. Um, and I think if you are going to pick up side work, I would say, like, don't work at Starbucks. Like, don't work at Old Navy, but, like, you should probably try to find something. You know, there's opportunities for doing, like, assessments on the side for other private practice people. Yeah, and, like, there's been definitely people in my program who have worked part-time or kept other jobs that, you know, um, they held before coming into the program. Like, if they were coming back for a different degree. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. That, were, that was unrelated to psychology, but they still kept it, mm -hmm. and it's worked out. Now, yeah. like, m I feel like most universities are going to frown upon taking a side job just because, again, the focus of you attending graduate school, attending a training program for PhD, is that you are specializing in a field, in a, in a concentration, and so you should be focusing on that. Right. And anything that you do beyond that is taking away energy and time there are things you could do. It's not, yeah. I mean, grad student life isn't glamorous at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's not. I mean, yeah, look, yeah, I guess if anyone else has any other questions about grad school or about um, being, uh, like applying or getting in or being in grad school, specifically psychology, I guess let us know. Mm -hmm. But before we leave today, we do have an appreciation. Yes, we have a little appreciation, yes. which is, I guess, now the official name of this corner where we talk about Asian and Asian American people in the news that have been doing great things. Yes. So it's a, a little bit sad, but a little bit like hopeful. Um, mm -hmm. Maya Shikutani, who is um, one of the Shibsibs. Um, Shibsibs! Shibsibs! Um, Maya and Alex Shibutani are siblings who do, um, they do ice dance. That was it. Sorry. Ice dance. Okay. Cause I was like, it's not, it's not like the couples figure skating. They do ice dance. If you've ever okay. seen them, they're freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. They're two time Olympic bronze medalist. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can understand they're great athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, so Maya Shibutani recently just shared that she, um, had a malignant tumor on her kidney that she underwent surgery for. Um, it They found out it was a very rare form of cancer. Um, it's so rare, there's only been 55 reported cases around the world. Mm. But thankfully, the surgery was successful. She is getting better. No further treatment is necessary, and the prognosis is good. Woo! Yeah. 
So she's on the mend. She is staying strong and grateful and humble and just, you know, trying to do everything she can to focus on herself for now. But yeah. like, I mean, even without this, I think we would, I would have wanted to highlight these two siblings at some point because they're mm-hmm. just amazing and they're doing they're amazing things. Great. But especially now just to be like, hey, girl, you are great. Don't worry about anything. Focus on yourself. Get better. We want to see you back on the ice. Yeah. You know, and seeing you do amazing things again soon. Love it. Yeah. I love a good heartwarming story. Mm-hmm. So, Maya, I hope you're continuing to do better. We're thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's about it for today. Yes. Um, tune in next time. I said in the last video, I don't know, we haven't edited anything yet, but... We are starting to do more, like, fun stuff on this channel as well. We probably won't upload it onto the podcast, but keep an eye out. 2020, we're really, we're trying to do it to them. We'll see where this goes. (laughs) Especially because, like, both of us are starting to ramp up in different ways. So it's like, ah. Yeah. But, I mean, this continues to be a fun thing, you know, for both of us. Yes. All right, y'all. Stay warm if you are in a cold area. Stay cool if you're in a warm area. (laughs) You got all your bases covered there, bud. Yes. All right. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye. Bye. I mean, at the end of the day, like, no one wants to hear bad things being said about another person. Like, bad, bad talking. Yeah. They just don't want to see that because at the end of the day, it's unprofessional. Mm hmm. Um, and while, yes, this is a community that you build in, in a way, it's like a family and like, you know, your academic family you're building here, then mm-hmm. it's still a professional setting. Right. Right. I'm right. very close and I'm personally, like, I have personal, like close relationships with my advisor and my, my peers and my program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still a professional relationship. Exactly. And that's just something you can't forget. Yeah.